Episode 6 of the Drive the Lane podcast. We are in the heat of the college football season. So guess who we talked to? Big Ten Network Analyst, former Buckeye, national champion, Joshua Perry. We talk all things college football with him, from the Buckeyes all the way to the Missouri Tigers? That's right. And then we talk a little college basketball because it wouldn't be a Joey Lane podcast without college basketball. Today's episode and all episodes are sponsored by High Street Tees. If you're passionate, nostalgic, and let's face it, just like we are, nuts about everything and everything and anything and everything, Ohio State, then listen to us and when you're done... Head on over to highstreettees.com slash DTL and check out the gear. I was just talking with my dad about how he used to have a little too much fun at Mean Mr. Mustard's. And guess what? You can get a Mean Mr. Mustard shirt. There's also pint glasses. They have everything. Everything you can imagine. I'm talking Bernie's Bagels, Crazy Mamas, Mamas Past and Brew, R.I.P., Buckeye Donuts. You name it, they got it. Go to highstreettees.com slash DTL. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Put in promo code DTL15 for guess what? 15% off your entire purchase. Quit guessing. Head to highstreettees.com slash DTL. Promo code DTL15. Buckle up and let's drive the lane. Hey. They say that they winning, but to me it's just a blowout Ay. Every week we putting numbers on the board, we show out Ay. All it took was just a bit of patience with the grind Ay. You can't never hold Ay. it back Welcome back everyone to the Drive the Lane podcast It's great to be here with you guys Of course you know us, Andrew Zold and Joey Lane um, But first, before we get into everything, can we talk about that intro song? They say that they winning, that to me it's just a blowout yeah, that one. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Like, genuinely awesome. And the guy who wrote it, um, one of my buddies, his name's Aria Bastami, um, an up-and-coming rapper. Dude's just a stud. Just released a new song called Roses. Gotta give him a quick shout-out because that song's awesome. But we're on to more important things. Not No offense, Aria. It's basketball season. It's college basketball season. It is basketball season. And Joey has been in tears all day because he is... I'm not, not at media day. At media day. I'm not at media First day. time... In four years. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. Although my freshman year, I didn't get to do shit at Media Day. Now, I miss it. I genuinely do. Because it's fun to goof around with my teammates, and I got to ask them questions all the time. But more importantly, it just is a microcosm for the fact that I'm not an Ohio State student anymore. Right, and while it's sad that Joey is not there for Media Day, I'm pretty happy he's here. Because we got some big-time guests coming up in the near future having to do with basketball. But we're not going to tell you them. We're not going to tell you them, and we're not there yet. It's not, it's not quite college basketball season, but we will talk a little bit of college basketball after our interview with Joshua Perry. But I will just say really quickly, it stinks that I'm not there. Don't feel like you have to tweet at me to let me know I'm not there. I know I'm not there, um, but I love you guys, and go Bucks. Absolutely. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk a little football. Yeah, please. 76-5. to 5. I think we can move on. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk a lot about it. It's just that. an absolute shit pumping. It was awesome. So It was nice of us to spot them five points to start the game also. Yeah, it was really nice. Not that Joey and I bet or gamble. No gambling. As we talked about before. But 
I was getting on an airplane to go to Cleveland for the Browns game, and I think there were some people who may have had Ohio State minus 24 and a half in the first half. And not, my, not Andrew. Not me. And when our flight when my flight was taken off, it was 7-5 Ohio State. And I was like, oh my God, I feel bad for anyone who took that first half bet. It's not gonna hit. I landed 49 to 5 at halftime. I was I was blown away. Don't get mad at me for flying during the game because it seemed to be pretty good luck, if you ask me. 49 to 5 at half is almost crazier than 76 to 5 at the end. Yeah, the game was just insane. Um, <laughs> Chase Young is just a man amongst boys. Justin Fields, also a man amongst boys. I mean, the list goes on and on. I, it's just not fair. I, It's just not fair. I worked out with a couple of guys who are on the Miami of Ohio football team. Um, one of their wide receivers um, worked out with him. Obviously, not basketball, but like lifting, conditioning stuff. Um, and he had a really good first series. He had like four catches, Jack Sorensen. But... Um, once his individual success got out of the way, and then we just were able to just just shit pump him. I mean, oh my god, it's actually not fair. Like, like the coach talked about it being eighty five. It was not. It was more like one hundred and ten people. Yeah, it was crazy. I saw some walk ons posting on Twitter like I've waited this whole moment for my life. Like they got the chance to be on a kickoff and stuff like that. Don't you think they could have been put in before it was like 60 to 5? I mean, you, uh, if you're asking me, of course, but that's why I picked basketball to be a walk-on because, you know, I could have been a football walk-on. Ohio State right. too, obviously, obviously. Slot receiver. Um, but obviously I chose basketball walk-on because you get to play in every blowout. <laughs> Whether it's – They 20- say that they win, but to me it's just a blowout. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that was – the difference between basketball and football walk-ons, first of all, there's 100 football walk-ons on a team, and they don't get to travel. In basketball, maybe there's two – and they obviously get to travel everywhere, but no matter what the game is, who we're playing, if we're up 30, you're going in the game, whereas in football, you got to be up like 75 with a minute left. What do you think happens if all the backups are in for the whole second half of that Ohio State game? What do you think the they were. Score is? They were. No, the whole, the whole, every single position, like walk-ons, everything. Well, I, I mean, we still win, probably. Yeah. Right? We're up maybe like maybe they score a touchdown or two. Yeah, of course. And, you're just yeah. so demoralized, 49-5 and half. And, and the coaches, trust me, I've been in those locker rooms, and the coaches saying, guys, like, we're not and not literally saying this, but they're saying, you know, guys, we're not going to win this game. Like, let's just try to and leave. Let's run, let's run our let's, sets. Yeah, let's try let's and, let's try and get right some good stuff out of this yeah. game, get some good tape, get some momentum heading into next week, and hopefully no one gets injured. So, you know, you always see in, in games like that where, like, someone will maybe celebrate after a big hit or a, or a big play. People are like, oh, you're down 20. Why are you celebrating? I think it's okay to kind of be excited. You get lost if, in the moment. Right. It's okay to kind of get excited. Maybe it's a little different if, like, get excited as a Michigan player when you're down 30 to Wisconsin. You don't need to get excited for a big unless play. You're a ba- unless you're a backup. Right, unless you're trying a to make backup. a name for yourself. Yeah. I mean, luckily I was never I, – I didn't play a ton of games where we lost, which to me, yes, I wanted to get out there as much as possible, but in a blowout or a loss, like you do not want to be in the game. Um, but I never scored in a loss, which is clearly shows you that, you know, it's, a, it's not a coincidence. You yeah. know, like if I score, we win. Um, but, I, but if – even when I score in a win, I got to a point in my career, it's like you want to just act like you've been there before. So, like, in a loss especially, I would have, like, in the simplest terms, I would have just ran back on defense. So I'm not really sure what good could come to Joshua Perry for coming on the show. But Terry McLaurin definitely benefited from coming on driving away. Yeah, I, unbelievable. It, literally exactly what I said was going to happen happened. The Bears... 
Uh, the score didn't reflect it, but the Bears murdered them. At least, I mean, for three quarters, they murdered them. For two quarters. I would say for half, for the first half, but then three quarters of the game. Yeah. They, I mean, uh, it wasn't fair. It was like Ohio State versus Miami, Ohio, honestly, just on a pro field, which is no shot to Terry McLaurin because the dude was awesome. But I literally, if you listen to the last episode, which I'm sure all of you did, um, I said, Terry, I would love to see you score a touchdown, but I want the Bears to win convincingly. And boom, that's what happened. Yeah. So not only do I speak awesome. things into existence, but you come on this podcast, you will have personal success. Guaranteed. And maybe for that, it's Joshua Perry, Perry's charity that he talked a lot about. Hopefully Wait, before we move on to that, I'm sorry, but now that I'm thinking, Sully, Kraft, and Diebler all came on before they won the TBT. That's true. Even though the interviews were after. That's true. They came on before. Um, Jalen, I don't know. Jalen came on the day that he got <laughs> named to the USA Select Team. Yeah, he got named team. to the USA Select Team. Dockage, the, the dude, the, he can only go up from here where he's at. Maybe, maybe it's like... Good things start to happening to you once you agree to come on yeah, the show. Yeah, you just got to be a yes Stockett's man. agreed to come on the show, and then he got that new job with Ohio State. Brunson agreed to come on, and then he... And then he gets a TV. So Josh Perry, BTN, say goodbye to him because he's going to ESPN yeah. soon. Yeah, the mother ship. Yeah, but hopefully, <laughs> but hopefully, like you were kind of getting into, hopefully his charity gets some love because that dude's doing some incredible things. I, I'm... You know, he was so knowledgeable. We asked him about Missouri because obviously I went to Missouri and he started rattling off. And it was just a joke. Like, we were like, right. we're, we and just wanted just to talk rattling off all this information about Missouri. He, he is genuinely very smart. You know, obviously you guys will hear all this. He's not coming back to play football. No. That's out of the question. If he's involved in football beyond being a, you know, a broadcaster analyst type of deal, it's because he's a GM. He's not coaching. He's not, he's not playing. He's not putting on the pads anymore. He's done. Like me, I'm done. So stop asking me and Joshua Perry, okay? So I've, I've never met the guy, but from that conversation and from seeing his social media presence, very nice guy, awesome guy. Yeah. Came, came on and gave us about double the time what we asked him to do. And double the knowledge that we yeah. were expecting. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. Yeah, absolutely. I think before we get into it, we want to cover a couple more things. Yeah, I think we should talk some Browns. Yeah, let's talk some Browns. We can talk Browns and then Bears. Quickly, we can do Bears. Bears. Go Bears first. Bears, they won. We talked a little bit about Terry McLaurin was awesome. Mitch looked good enough. He's just got to be a game manager, throw a couple touchdowns. Um, their defense uh, is incredible. Baker could at least be a game manager. Yeah, right but it's tough because... All right, we, Bears, sorry. I think they're a top ten team. Their defense is great. Um, the defense is unbelievable. And then this this will definitely be a barometer game. If they beat the Vikings, I will be totally on board. If they lose, then it's just like, oh, they're probably supposed to lose that game. Anyway, Browns. If you – this is how – there's two ways to look at this game. You can look at the game strictly from the final score, which is holding the NFC defending champs to 20 points, which is a close game in 2013. And you can see that the end result was they had – Four chances to punch it in at the end of the game and tie it up. But then you can look at the fourth and nine. Or four stoppage, clock stoppage. Right. Awesome. Or you can look at the fourth <laughs> and nine draw. The Who knows that? Hey, we never we never knew if it was going to work or not because no one had ran it. That was the dumbest fucking But what if it works? I've but what if seen. it works? If it works, then he's a if genius. If it works, you're right? lucky. If it works, you're lucky. No. Remember who else did that? Penn State did against Ohio State. And there was fourth and fourth and fourth. But that was the time in NFL history since the NFL started recording stats. 2007. Which... Isn't that weird? Yeah, that it was, was only 2007. Yeah. First time since 2007 that a draw play was called on fourth and nine or more. I'm guessing it hasn't been called fourth and eight either. It was just maybe, maybe, maybe you run that when you're up like 30. Yeah, and I, the other teams yeah, you're not that going was to insane. score. At least the Rams covered. Yeah, 
<laughs> Not that, that either of us bet. Because it was good. Not that either of us bet. But ba- oh, wait, let's talk. While we're on the topic of Browns and Baker, Baker, as you guys know, is my starting quarterback on my fantasy start team. You gotta find someone else. I no, I I'm good because my team put up the most points in the league this week. Not that anyone cares at all. Most points ever in this league, and it was by 16 points. Wait, I mean like. I had Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Christian McCaffrey. Like, those guys combined tra- beat every single other team in the league. I traded uh, Mike Evans last week. Whoa, shoot. But but I got Chris Carson and Julian Edelman for him. So but it's not Julian a Julian might be out next week. No, nah, he's what? fine. Rappaport. Rappaport. Said he's Rappaport. Um, I will say that I have five receivers on my fantasy team. Mike Evans, um, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk. <laughs> And Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I have Curtis four, Samuel. Four out of those five guys caught a touchdown, and they all had ten points. That's pretty insane. Yeah. My team is my team's on the up and up. I'm one and two. My team name is Baker. Figure it out. But I'm going to have to change it because I'll be starting Philip Rivers next Mine week. Mine is John Z, the letter Z for Zolden, because I've made so many trades that have not worked out. You're the GM. Yeah, that have not worked out at John Dorsey. Okay. Also, I don't want to worry anyone. Denzel Ward's got to stay on the field. I don't want to worry anyone else. Don't you guys have a really tough schedule coming up too? Yeah, but so do Denzel guys. Ward's got to stay on the field because he's missed a lot of games in two years, and he's kind of injury prone now. He's just he got to stay on the field, and I'm worried. Poor Browns. I, I'm worried. If about you guys Denzel win that game, Ward. you guys are instantly saying you're Super Bowl contenders again, which is so funny. Yeah, but, but yeah. also what's crazy is they they beat the Ravens on Sunday, which is obviously a large Home mountain away. to climb at. Ravens, oh but if they win that game, if they win that game, they're in first in the division, and all problems. Are yeah, there. I will say, as much as I love Lamar Jackson, he is so electric. He was very average though against the Chiefs. He had his moments the where Chiefs he was insane. D is not good, right? Well, and they're so better. I think Lamar Jackson is due for a little bit of a letdown game. Maybe I don't know if Denzel Ward plays. That yeah. obviously helps, but who knows? God, fucking Ward's got to play. <laughs> got to play. It's got to be in there. I'm not worried about the Browns. The Bears are way more of contenders, so that's why I'm a little bit worried about the Bears. Ooh. They are. Yeah. The Bears' defense is incredible, and it's their the offense is probably ever. better because yeah. the, the Browns have all the weapons you could ever want, and then nothing happens. I, I do love like, Nick Chubb. I was kind of like awesome. joking when I was leaving the game on Sunday to see if I could get like a rise out of people. I like said very loud. I was like, hey, it's okay. Um, Baker has at least one more year next year before we can draft Fields. And people were like kind of looking at me, and obviously I was kidding, like <laughs> jumping off of the Baker ship. But I was just trying to get a rise out of people. But I think Justin Fields is going to be a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, sure. <laughs> is he the future of the Browns or Bears organization? I think Maybe. Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. How about the fact that the Bears could have had Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? God, what would the score have been last night if they had Mahomes? Oh, right. <laughs> 70, 70, 72 to 5. I think they would put up 50. They'd put up 50 every single week. I know. Mahomes' stats wouldn't be as good, though. They wouldn't, but we also don't have the same weapons on offense and stuff. But whatever. Anyway, um, if we're talking NFL, who are your top four teams right now? In whatever order you want. So. Joshua Perry talks about Clemson. Similarly to Clemson, you can't not have New England number one until they lose. Yeah. Okay. New England number one. Chiefs number two. Cowboys number three. Wow. With my man who's got to eat. Z. How about them Cowboys? And then Packers number four. What? I mean, it's kind of like Packers. The the Seahawks looked good, but they lost. The Niners have been looking good. The Bills have been looking Stop. good. Stop. Okay. There's a lot of teams who have who have... 
who are undefeated that shouldn't be in the top ten or five. Yeah, there's a lot not. of teams with losses that shouldn't be in the top ten or five. Yeah, I don't know. But I think I think the top three is def in my opinion definitely Chiefs, Patriots, Cowboys, Cowboys, and the Cowboys the, have played no one. I think the Rams are right there too. Yeah, I would. The only team I would add to that, I was gonna say Rams. I think, um, I think honestly, the Saints with or without Drew Brees are so good still. They proved it beating the Seahawks. I mean, that's it. obviously they got like a little fourteen point cushion with the with the non offensive mm-hmm. touchdowns. Um, I think the Saints are always going to be in the conversation. I think the Bills look really good. The Bill, I, the Bills haven't played anyone, but they look really good. If they beat the Patriots, they win the Super Bowl. They give them a banner. Mm-hmm. Starting four and zero and beating the Patriots. You know who is is two teams that are kind of above everyone's expectations. Okay, the Lions look good. The Lions are going to be. Still look good. The Lions are. Gonna, the Lions should be three and zero. They should be three and zero. They gave up. Yeah, because the Cardinals fourth quarter comeback. The Cardinals. The Cardinals stink. are terrible. So they should be three and zero. And then the Colts look really good with Brissett. Yeah, the, are the Colts better without Andrew Luck? I don't know. They're definitely tougher at Dockett. Oh jeez. Yeah, I um. Uh. The Colts do look really good. I thought the Titans were going to be good after they beat the shit out of the Browns, but clearly the Browns just aren't as good Browns as we thought they were. Suck. Same old Browns. Yeah. That's I think sad. I think it's time to get to the national champion. Yeah, let's get to him. Joshua Perry, the dude's awesome. He is just full of knowledge. I mean, he gets into it, but he is he is doing stuff in Ohio. He's doing stuff for Big Ten Network. He's doing stuff on the radio. He's doing stuff on camera. And he's a real estate agent on top of all of that. So he does – I don't know if he's a real estate agent, but he's in real estate. And he – but the man is just a book. Don't and, call him Josh. Yeah, don't call him we Josh. We didn't even test it. We didn't even test it. In his Twitter bio, because that's how we do our – you know, our research, our social media intern helps out with that. But yeah. Who got retweeted by Urban Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> we can get that. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> Drive the Lane Podcast with 250 followers got retweeted by Urban Meyer. Period. End of story. That's pretty incredible. Yep. And now we get to Joshua Perry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, Josh is awesome. Whoa! Ah, shit, that was Whoa! a test. That was a test. In his Twitter bio, which is where we do our research, he says hashtag Joshua, not Josh. So we weren't even going to test that. Awesome, dude. He gave us so much knowledge, probably more knowledge than we even needed. But we talk college football, a little bit of NFL, a little bit of Ohio State specifically. But we're going to be getting some drinks with him, which is pretty exciting. So the dude's awesome. Buckle up. Joshua Perry's interview. Drive the lane. We now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast Joshua Perry. Joshua, welcome on. How are we doing today? Man, I'm great. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Appreciate y'all thinking about me and uh, can't wait to talk a little bit about everything. Let's do it, man. So the first thing we want to do is, you know, you're very involved in the media now, but you got a bunch of different avenues. So we wanted to give you the chance to kind of explain everything that you're doing at this time. Yeah, I've got too many jobs probably, but... um, (laughs) You know, most, most notably, probably the media aspect, I'm doing Big Ten Network, so I'm in studio Friday nights and Saturdays uh, covering some of the games, covering Big Ten football, and that's been a joy. I'm also on the radio on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus, so Tuesday nights from 8 to 9, I'm on the NFL Hour. Uh, Wednesday nights from 8 to 9 as well, I'm on the 11 Warriors Radio Hour for Ohio State fans, y'all know about 11 Warriors, but I've developed a really good relationship and partnership with them. It's been awesome. Um, outside of that, 
I am involved in the real estate business, so um, doing some sales there has been a lot of fun for me. And then I have a charity as well that I run. We work with kindergarten through eighth graders, the Joshua Perry Family Foundation. So uh, that's been a pleasure too. So I'm keeping myself busy, man. I was going to say, safe to say you're keeping yourself busy. Oh, yeah. So what's your uh, what's your strongest point of knowledge? We can ask you some questions, make you sound really smart to start off the podcast. Strongest point of knowledge? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm like, I mean, I guess football is probably the easy question, but, you know, we can we can kind of go anywhere. Throw some curveballs at me. I'll be ready for them. Good, because this is, unfortunately, this is not a real estate podcast. <laughs> uh, we are a sports <laughs> We are a sports podcast. So we're looking forward to picking your brain about all things college and professional football. Yeah, let's let's start by talking about the Buckeyes a little bit. How disappointed were you that uh, that they let up five points to Miami of Ohio? I was actually so pissed. It was one of those <laughs> like um, because like context. I'm sitting there in the green room and I'm watching the noon games and Michigan versus Wisconsin was one of the noon games. Our one of our uh, coordinating producers at the Big Ten Network is a huge Michigan fan. And so I'm watching his array of emotions throughout the game from, you know, early on in the game, we still have a chance to late in the game, like, you know what, nobody talks to me the rest of the day. And I'm sitting there <laughs> laughing at him the whole time. And I knew it wasn't a chance that we would lose, but Miami of Ohio gets up five points. And I'm like, man, are we just going to look terrible today? And I was just making fun of this guy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you look at the way, and this is the second quarter for me. You talk about Justin Fields having six touchdowns in a quarter. It's just mind-boggling uh, the way that we're able to produce on offense and our defense is smothering people. Chase Young, specifically, um, it's not even him getting to the quarterback. It's been the strip sacks this year. He's had a handful of strip sacks, and it's like, that is an art right there. If he's getting to the quarterback, but he's finding a way to get the ball loose. He's creating a huge momentum play there. I mean, these guys are hitting on all cylinders right now. What were your expectations for the team going into the season? They couldn't have been this good, right? No, my expectations were that they were going to be good, but I felt like it was going to take them three, four, five, six, seven games to get to a point where I'm talking about them as a national contender. And I think really after game two and their performance against Cincinnati, uh, you're like, man, these guys are national contenders. And they play Indiana, Big Ten opponent, and the way that they played them, it's like, okay, these guys really are for real. Um, and the development of Justin Fields has been a huge positive because when you have a young quarterback who hasn't really started, hasn't had full control of an offense like that, you wonder. And he's done a great job. You know, this is he passes high maybe, but I think it's because he's not stepping into all of his passes, just relying on his arm. Um, but – Offensive line's looking much improved. The run game's way better. And then defensively, last year, I used to itch watching the defense. It made my skin crawl. Yes. And this year, the way that these guys are playing football, they're running to the ball, they're playing fast, they're getting big plays, they're hitting guys behind the line of scrimmage. It's everything you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the years years past, there's there's been typically one game where there's a little bit of a hiccup. Do you see that potentially happening this season? And if you do, which game do you think could potentially cause some trouble for this team that really looks like they're unstoppable? Oddly enough, people have been pointing to this game going at night to Lincoln as uh, a game where the Buckeyes might struggle and might be one of those sleepy-type games. To me, I don't see it. Um, 
they're they're doing such a great job. I think Taylor Taylor Adrian Martinez. I'm going to do that all week. I got to get my mind right. Adrian Martinez. <laughs> good. This is practice. He's a very good quarterback. Um, he he can make plays on the ground. He can throw the ball, but I don't think they can block our guys. Like they have no chance of blocking our guys up front. So I think we have the advantage there. They've got some guys on the outside. Uh, Wandale Robinson had himself a game versus Illinois, and then we all know uh, J.D. Spillman is a really good player, but I think that we've got the players to match. Um, so when you look at that, you give us a check. Their defense is playing much better. I don't think they can check our offense. So I think Nebraska is one of those games where um, if, it's, if it's close at all, we're able to pull away late. I'm, I'm predicting probably a three-touchdown affair for the good guys. Uh, Northwestern always gives you a little bit of trepidation because they play hard. I don't see it. Maryland's probably the one for me because I think Maryland, um, they've done some things well. Now they dropped the one to Temple, but they look really good leading up to that. I think that uh, Mike Loxley is a really, really good football coach who has those guys playing very inspired. So there's a chance that Maryland could, could make it an interesting game, although I don't think that we dropped one this year. What do you think about the Badgers right now? They're looking pretty darn good. Yeah, that's going to be a real challenge. Like, that's going to be a legit test. We're talking about, like, good on good. Um, the thing that the thing that you like about Wisconsin, last year their defense wasn't great. Their defense is best in America right now. Um, you can look at the total defense stats. You look at scoring defense stats. They're playing the best defensive football in America, regardless of the opponent. Um, when you look at their offense, it's not only Jonathan Taylor and his ability to create, but Jack Cohn throws the ball well, and he's finding guys like Quintez Cephas on the outside. And so, to me, having that dimension of being able to throw the ball effectively, I think this guy's throwing the ball like 80% completion rate or something like that. That is ridiculous. Yeah, like they're, and they're, they're going to be successful just based off of that. But when you get into games like that, it comes down to do you think your coaches are better than their coaches, which I would say I would take Ryan Day, and then we have the talent. So as long as we go out there and execute a game plan, you're able to win, but that's going to be a tough game. So then, what my opinion has always been, doesn't matter who Ohio State's playing, their toughest game will always be Michigan, especially when it's in Ann Arbor. Um, do you think that's any different this year, or is maybe is Wisconsin more of a challenge? No, I think just like on paper, Wisconsin is the bigger challenge right now, but the thing that, the thing that scares you a little bit is playing a salty Michigan team that's been crapped on all year at their house. Because, I mean, say what you want about Harbaugh, but if he can't get his guys fired up and at least make that game a really close, tough one, then he's not worth whatever they're paying him up there. If their players can't get excited to go out there and try to uh, ruin somebody's season, and, you know, it's funny because Urban's like, we never want to play spoiler. If you're playing spoiler, you're a bad team. But at that point, if they're if you got no choice. their motivation has to be, then that's what they got to do. If they can't do that, then, you know, you got to ask questions like, what really is the identity of that program? So, everyone talks about Justin Fields. Everyone talks about Chase. What's something that you've seen or yet to see that's kind of like, this is extremely important to the team? Maybe that the to the untrained eye, people don't see, but to someone like yourself, you're like, that has been one of the biggest difference makers this season. To the untrained eye, to me, it is block field goal against Cincinnati, block punt against Indiana, block punt against Miami of Ohio. Because... You have Chase Young who blocked the uh, uh, the field goal. You have Chris Olave who blocked the punt. Chase Young's been Defensive Player of the Week 
for Ohio State. Chris Olave has been offensive player of the week for Ohio State. And so here are two of your best guys on offense and defense that go out there and make plays on special teams, which means that they care about that pace, which means that they're not taking plays off, which means it's important to them, which means they understand how big of a swing those types of plays are. And if they're doing it right now against lesser competition, that means that you're going to see them repeat it when the games get a little bit more critical and the competition's a little bit tougher. Um, to me, it's really hard to get guys to play hard on special teams, and especially a guy like Chase Young who's going to be potentially a first overall pick. But if you get him to buy into the fact that it's important for him and for the team to block a field goal, then you know you're going to have a really good football team. Absolutely. You mentioned special teams. One of the best to ever do it. Terry McLaurin, uh, last week's guest on the show, friend of the pod. Have you seen what he's been doing in the NFL? Who's that, Terry McLaurin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah listen. It, man, and so this kid, I, I just remember that cat when he got into Ohio State. And, you know, it was, Terry is, he's really, really fast. He's always been fast, but it's like, he's too thin. Maybe he's not tough enough right now. Is he the type of worker that we need? And he, he faced that challenge, and he answered all the questions. And what is the beautiful thing to me, and this is not to disparage him, but I, I just did not see him starting off his NFL career this quickly. I don't and think anyone did in your defense. Camp. No, you, you couldn't. And it came in training camp where they, they were holding him out of the preseason because they knew he was the best receiver on their team. And look at I mean. He's torching guys, and it, it looks like the same exact thing he was doing against college competition. He's doing it against professional guys who get paid lots of money to defend against players like him. It's and incredible. I'm so I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. He's a guy who earned it, worked hard, come from a great family. Like everything that he has in terms of success, that kid's earned. He deserves it. Another guy I'm sure you're proud of over at LSU, Joe Burrow. Talk to me a little bit about him and his success so far. Yeah, it's I, it's a beautiful thing. And to me, I think what I, I think Joe is is just a competitor. He's an edgy player. Um, he goes out there. He leads his team. And, you know, people are talking about him in the Heisman conversation. I don't know if he's the best player in college football. I don't know if he's the best player on his team. But I can tell you he's one of the best competitors in college football. And he is the best competitor on his team. And that is what's led to his success. And he comes from a football family. His dad was um, a football coach. And so he understands the game on a deeper level and what it takes to be successful. But the fact that he's been able to transition down there, earn the trust of the guys in the locker room, and then really just ingratiate himself into a fan base through his play, um, something that I think is really cool. And if you look at I mean, like check guys' timelines who play for the Buckeyes right now or guys in the league who played with Joe at Ohio State and see the type of stuff that they say, because everybody's so happy for him. Like, everybody wants him to have this success because we've seen how hard he works, and we know what type of guy he is. Um, it, I mean, it's all over the place. It's, it's just really cool for me to step back now that I'm out of the game and I can evaluate it from a, a different point of view to see what kind of incredible things guys that I've played with are doing, whether it's at other schools in college, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's at Ohio State currently. Like, it's mind-boggling just to see like what what type of trajectory some of these players' careers have taken. Yeah, it's definitely not a coincidence that they all had some point of contact with Ohio State because it's the same thing with basketball recently too because um, while I didn't get to um, flirt with the NFL or, or the NBA for me, you know, being done now, I get to take a step back and see my friends 
um, and guys who I played with have their success. It's not the same level as these guys at Ohio State football specifically, but but you're right. It is special to be able to take a step back and, and realize how cool it's all been. But while we're on the topic of, of LSU, um, let's talk college football playoff real quick. First question is, um, who are your top four as it stands right now? Top four as it stands right now. Uh, number one until, you know, they give me a reason not to call them number one. I'm going Clemson. Number two to me is Alabama. The third best team in the nation right now in this moment to me is the Ohio State University. And then number four is a really, it's a toss-up to me. But I think that Oklahoma, um, whatever improvements they might have made on defense, I think that their offense is one of the most potent around the way that they play that game. So I'm going Oklahoma at four. I had to leave. I think Georgia got a couple losses on their on their schedule after watching the way that they played Notre Dame. But um, I had to leave LSU out of there. And to me, LSU's defense is a liability. Um, I think they do everything well offensively, but I think that they have some glaring holes on their defense. I don't think Texas is a great offense, and they were able to put up a lot of points on LSU. So to me, um, it would be Clemson, Alabama, the Ohio State University, and Oklahoma. So when you look at the top 10, you see 4-0 Florida, 4-0 Auburn, 4-0 LSU, 4-0 Georgia, 4-0 Alabama. But you know they're all going to beat up on each other. Which of those SEC teams do you think, when it's all said and done, is going to be able to come out of that conference? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think the thing that I I trust about Alabama is that they're battle-tested. They've been through it before. Like they, They understand what this playoff is like. They understand the grind of the season and what it takes to get there. Um, I think I think Florida is a pretender. I really do. I don't think Miami's very good. I think they've played two SCS teams. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Uh, you know, like, that's, that's not big-time football. I don't, I just don't think they're it. Um, Auburn, I like, I don't love. Because, again, I think Oregon, and, and you have to understand where I'm coming from. I think, there's a drop-off between probably, like, the first top probably six teams in America and then between seven and 15, there's another drop-off. And then after 15, I just I, I think it drops off tremendously. Um, so that Oregon win, to me, it doesn't – it carries weight, but it doesn't carry as much weight as people want to give it. Uh, I don't think that Texas A&M was a good team, period. Like, I don't know why they got so much hype early on in the year. Um so I think they're a pretender as well. So when you look at the SEC race now, you've got LSU, who's really good offensively, got questions about their defense. I think you have a Georgia team where maybe Fromm isn't the guy that we think he is, although he's a good quarterback. Maybe they're not as assertive and dominant as we want them to be. Um, and then Alabama, of course, is the team that you, you have to see them lose before you want to doubt them. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting watching how all that pans out. But I'll, I'll throw in the caveat of this. Um, wouldn't it be interesting to see what college football would be like if we didn't start ranking the top 25 teams until, like, week four, five, or six? Yeah, because then like, cause the expectations ruins every, some people's seasons, you know? It does. Like, you, you go in there and you watch them through four or five weeks, and then you say, based off of what you saw in those games, you rank your teams instead of, based off of what you think before we even start playing games. Because some teams have a hard climb to get up to where they belong. Other teams 
they they stumble and they don't fall nearly as much as they should when they do stumble. And it, it just it's a weird scenario to me, but I would love to see that happen one day. Yeah, I mean, I think Wisconsin, if, if they did that, if they hypothetically started ranking right now, I think Wisconsin would be ranked in the top four, and I think Clemson would be lower. But like you said, until they lose, they're, they're holding that throne. But I agree with you. If they changed it up and waited to rank, they wouldn't be number one right now. Oh, no doubt. So if you could have one change to college football, you know, in the rules in general, would you want that where teams aren't seated until – you know, five weeks into the season, or would you rather just make it a little more simpler, maybe, and just do an eight-team playoff? So that's a great question. Um, and it's so hard for me to answer that. I think I, for where we are right now, I would kind of like to see them wait to rank the team and then see what the playoff picture looks like after that. But um, to me, if we, if we expand that playoff, I want it to be a six-team affair. And so... One and two, get a bye. Three plays, six, four and five play. Um, and then you go from there. I think that in the last maybe three, four years for sure, you could say that there was a definite drop-off from the sixth-best team to everybody else behind them. Because then you've got, like, the sixth-best team, and then there's probably, like, you can make an argument that nine and ten are probably as good as seven and eight. But... To me, you can't make an argument that uh, seven and eight are as good as uh, as five and six because they're not. But you can definitely say this year that five and six are probably every bit as good as what uh, three and four are going to be. I think that's kind of where the drop off naturally occurs. So sixteen, it'll be uh, less games for a couple of the teams, not as much wear and tear on the body, you know, the whole deal. But I would love to see the playoff expand in one way or another. I think it would be very yeah, I cool. I think we're all in agreement on any, that. For any sure. change of any kind would be cool. So I got, I got a sleeper yeah. team. I got a sleeper team for you. Okay. So I went to the University of Missouri, and they are looking just absolutely unstoppable right now with Kelly Bryant <laughs> leading the way. Sure. The only for sure loss on their schedule, and it might not even be for sure right now, is Georgia. I think you're looking at a team that could be 10-2, and two, and in the top 15 by the end of the season. Are they going to the Capital One Bowl? That's what uh, – Well, they're also on a is bowl. He going to the go da- are they going to the Go Daddy Bowl? That's what As it stands me. right now, they have a bowl ban, but it's being a <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so are we, are we really going to break down Missouri right now? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, give us 10 seconds of Missouri talk if you would be so kind. I mean, I like Kelly Bryant. I do. I just – I don't know. All right, that's perfect. I mean, I, I like, what are we – what are we looking at? Like that's that's the, the, the bad SEC that we're looking at right now. Like that's the, the not as much competition part of the SEC that we're looking at right now. Yeah, you, you can't see Andrew, but he's shed a couple of tears. But <laughs> but that's okay. It's, it's okay. I'm not. I'm, you know, nobody's trying to hate. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, that's really, that's why we're here to keep it real. Ole Miss coming up. Ole Miss is trash. They got Vandy coming up. Vandy's trash. Kentucky pretender. Then Georgia, like you said. Florida, I think, is a pretender. Tennessee, terrible. And then Arkansas, like, what? Okay, and so we'll, we'll bring this back to my favorite conference, the Big Ten. So we, we sit here and we talk about how bad the Big Ten is. But I like you some of those teams. like They stink. Okay, Purdue beat Vanderbilt already. So there it is. Like, 
Everybody in the Big Ten probably beaten Ole Miss. Everybody in the Big Ten beat Tennessee this year. I think our top three Big Ten teams are probably whooping Florida. Um, like Kentucky, middle of the road in the Big Ten. Maryland's probably beaten Kentucky if it's a head-to-head matchup. Like, that, and they get so much respect. I'm not saying they shouldn't be respected, but like, let's really look at what's going on there. So, so I guess the, the money question would be then who wins, Rutgers or Arkansas? Oh man, that's now that's a good question. I think uh, Rutgers looks better to me this year, just from watching them actually play a couple of football games. They look better to me. They're playing hard. They get a lot of hat to the football on defense. Offensively, they're not turning the ball over nearly as much. Um, I I don't. I, <laughs> would that, wouldn't that would that be a game to watch? Just yeah, probably some of the worst football in America right there. It's funny because I want to make fun of Rutgers like I always do, but then I remember that. When I was at Ohio State, I, we lost twice to them. Literally, literally lost twice in, in basketball. To be fair, to be fair, playing, you know, playing on the road, is it's hard to win a conference game on the road no matter where you're playing. So, like, that one was fine. We lost by one at the buzzer. But the other time, we lost in the, we lost in the Big Ten tournament to them, and that was the last game that Coach Mata coached. So that's kind of a soft spot for me. <laughs> so no more Rutgers slander because we never know what can happen with them. Um, but to switch gears a little bit, we want to hear a little bit about your Ohio State career. Do you have a memory or something that stands out that maybe you haven't quite talked about as much as, as maybe like clearly like winning the Big Ten and going to the going to college football playoff, all that good stuff? But is there something that stands out that's maybe unique? Yeah, I just thought it was uh, it was cool how close a lot of my teammates were when you know every team has kind of got their you know their little clicks or whatever their personalities. But um, we, we definitely had ours, but I feel like it wasn't just clickish. Like, it wasn't just, you know, hanging out. You know, we're just hanging out by ourselves over here and over there. Like, everybody got along. Um, and I just, I don't know. It was, it was such a unique place as well because of the standard uh, to which we held each other accountable and to which we held our play accountable. Because then I went to the NFL, um, and the two years that I played, I was on the Chargers who went 4-12, and 12, and I was on the Colts who went 4-12. and 12. And there was no standard. Like, guys looked like they didn't love playing ball. They, you know, it was just, it was different. Um, you know, practice habits were terrible. And nobody was telling them, like, hey, man, run to the ball. Like, hey, man, we got to be better than that. But, like, don't run to the ball at Ohio State practice and then see who's, like, you can, you can count the people who aren't getting on your ass, like, more easily than you can count the people who are getting on you for not running to the ball properly. So, um, it's just unique, the, the culture that we built, the standard to which we always wanted to play, and, like, the best players doing the right thing, to me, was what stood out. So, I mean, I bet a lot of that culture can be attributed to Urban Meyer, of course. Sure. How excited should the freshmen and sophomores at USC be that they're going to get to get coached <laughs> by him next season? <laughs> they shouldn't be excited at all, man. If, if, if Urban... Get to USC, my heart will be broken. It, it really will. Do you I, see uh, it happening? What was that? Do you see it happening? Do you see it as a possibility? I mean, I think it, it is a possibility. I think it's a conversation. Here's, here's the deal, though. Like, let's break this down. So, at, at Bowling Green, he took a program that was under the radar. He got some eyes on it. They became popular. Took that over to Utah. Became the hottest thing in Utah. 
was him and Alex Smith were the hottest things in Utah. He goes to Florida. Excuse me. Goes to Florida. Tim and Tim Tebow, the hottest things in Florida. Comes to the Ohio State University. Him and whoever his quarterback is become the hottest thing. He goes out to USC, and he's another guy. And they're not still in the stadium. He's not, he's not going to have the notoriety that he wants. And, of course, you could say, you know, they'll back up the Brinks truck. Probably could pay him 12 million bucks a year. He can, it, that's cool. Who's the AD going to be? Him. Uh, and then who can yeah. he, He's the AD and the well, coach yeah. in, the, in this scenario. I, I mean, I would love it, too. But <laughs> then you ask the question, like, who does he bring with him? Because at Florida, he had Mickey Marotti, he had Brian Bolalini, and he had Mark Tantoni. He had, like, his Italian mob with him. He came <laughs> to Ohio State with him as well. Do you get Mickey Marotti, who is probably on the, you know, not probably, he's on the end of his career. He's on the back half of his career for sure. He can't you get him to make a move all the way from here to California. Do you get Mark Tantoni, who's got young kids, getting ready to go to school and everything, do you get him to move from here to California? Do you get Brian Bodolini, who's got kids in school as well, and he's making really good money over here. Do you get him to pick up his stressful ass life in Columbus and get him to be stressed? Maybe the weather's better, so he might want to be stressed in California, but like, you know, what's the infrastructure look like? There's so many pieces, and Urban is a coach who's going to want to have his guys with him. Um, but at the same time, there's an opportunity. Um, I also do think this, and uh, take it how you want. I don't think you can win a national title at USC without cheating. I just don't think you can do it. And I don't think Urban's willing to risk his reputation as a coach in probably what would be his last stop of his career, cheating to win a national championship. I just don't think he'd want to do that. I also don't think it would be the last top of his career. Those, yeah, last, because then he's moving on to Notre Dame in yeah, a couple last, years after that. Last so. stop well, I mean, and Urban uh, Meyer don't don't work in the same sentence. No, I mean if, if this is if this isn't his last stop, then you and he definitely wouldn't be. But yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a fun conversation to have. Um, if right now, right now, you have to make a decision: is he coaching again? Yes or no? I'm saying no. Okay. But, he, he's really, really good on TV, too. He's so good. He's so <laughs> damn good. I'm going to see him on Thursday at the grand opening of his restaurant, and I'm definitely going to be like, hey, bro, between you and me, I'm not going to tell anybody, like, is it in play? I'm just, I'm going to ask. I got to know. And then you're going to come back on and tell us <laughs> whether it's in play or not. And bring Urban with you. Man, that's the deal. I'm going to get Urban to sit down and talk about it on on. This yeah, yeah, that's what we need. He just retweeted uh, our social media intern's tweet this morning. So he, so, he knows about us. He's ready go. to come on. There it is. <laughs> I don't know. Between you and me, I don't know why he retweeted or who runs his account. But it was pretty it was pretty refreshing to wake up to that. That's for sure. So do you, do you, do you truly think that Urban's actually sitting there scrolling through Twitter? Absolutely not. Himself? No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's probably one of those guys where it's like he wakes up in the morning and somebody somewhere is like emailing him a report of all the current events just so he can feel like he has some semblance of reality, yeah. but it's like he doesn't really care. Exactly, because I know Coach Holman, um, at, obviously at Ohio State, he definitely runs his own Twitter because instead of posting like four pictures and like you can just swipe through them, you know, he posts he, he posts them as like a like a pick stitch and puts them all in the same, same photo. So that's a so 
So that's how I know that he is 100% running his Twitter account. That is so funny. You know, older folks on social media do... He's not even old. He, he's, he's not even that old, too. But yeah, I, I know Listen, what you're saying. But he, he, he's, he's... You know what? He didn't grow up with it, though. Right. No, that's totally, real, totally. Because like, Pick's Pitch is, like, so 2012. I remember sitting as a freshman at Ohio State, like, Pick's Pitching on Instagram, and now <laughs> here we are. Like, we don't have to do that anymore. But, like, older folks on social media are like, no. No, like, I have to resize this image, and then I have to put it in a collage. Like, you can't stop. <laughs> no, you can post ten pictures at a time now, buddy. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> the world has changed. That's funny. So I got a couple of uh, last few questions for you just from looking at your Twitter account right now. Sure. So you just look like a straight-up beast in, in your profile <laughs> picture and all these pictures on your timeline. Can we expect to see you in the uh, XFL sometime soon? No, you cannot. Um, good I might, I good might answer. Do like my man Stoops. I might do like my man Stoops and see if I can't get a little, you know, GM position or something over there. See if I can't get some equity. But uh, as a player, hell, good enough. <laughs> and you do not have a a uh, cover photo. What's going on with that? What's that reserved for? You know what? That's a really. I just. I don't think I've. I. I really thought about it, and then. Uh, when I started to think about it, I didn't have a photo that really fit, so I just never got to it. Do y'all have any suggestions for me? Oh, of course we do. Yeah, so actually we have a uh, a graphic designer on our team, and we'll send you over a uh, Drive the Lane Joshua Perry graphic that you can throw on there. Okay, cool. I'll do that. <laughs> All right, great. Is there, see, why not? Is there anything that we... Uh, we did not cover that you would like to talk about. Anything more about your charity? Anything like that? No, I, I would say, um, you know, on, on the charity tip, I, I got two things for you. So on the charity tip, I, I'm really excited about some of the things that we have planned coming up because I'm going to make a genuine impact throughout Central Ohio on some young people who really need some support. And so my deal to any listeners out here, um, get involved in your communities, work with young people, you know, tell them about what you do. If you have a chance, bring them into work. Like this Thursday, uh, my attorney is having a group of kids come to his office, and he's showing them around, and I'm going to speak to them around lunchtime. And I think it's a really cool thing that you can do for some kids. Um, and in a lot of under-resourced communities, most kids never venture two blocks away from where they live or go to school. blows your mind when you hear that. So, you know, try to provide experiences for some of these other for some of these kids, but... On the other tip, I think I'm the most fashionable man on TV, and you can't tell me I'm not. You do look pretty good in that. Uh, That's an understatement. In that blue coat. Is it is it turtleneck season yet or no? You know what? Turtleneck season is coming. It, it absolutely is. I've got some. Uh, I've got some ensembles I'm working on right now. I uh, just talked to my clothier today, so I'm working on a couple of new looks. I want to keep it fresh. I want to keep it a little bit different, but um, I think part of the presentation is absolutely making sure that you're dressed for the job. So, something I take pride in. Let me ask you something a little less serious. Do you know uh, who Barstool Big Cat is? Yes, I did. Have you ever looked at his Twitter profile picture recently? Uh, No, I haven't. You guys have the uh, the same coat on. You guys got blue blue sport coat and And a turtleneck. And turtleneck. (laughs) But you know what? But I'll say that you look like an uh, an uh, an ex professional athlete, and he does not. <laughs> well, 
you know, I was, uh, you know, one of my classic looks. That was from uh, that was from the fall of 2016. That turtleneck right there, swagging out. Yeah, I mean, it looks great. There's no doubt about I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, before we let you go, do you have any questions for us? Um, yeah, uh, if you had, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, same meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? God, I, I, it's so funny you ask that because I have an answer for that ready to go. It is pasta with Alfredo sauce and grilled chicken. Interesting. And mine is uh, my mom's skirt steak and al gratin cheesy potatoes that she makes with it. For you. That sounds like that was kind of rehearsed because we answered yeah, it right away. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, everyone's got to know that answer. You got to know that answer. Yeah, I feel like you do. Um, the other question I got for you: cats or dogs? What'd you say? Cats or dogs? Yeah, oh, dogs, cats or dogs, 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 dogs. Easy, dogs. Yeah, dogs, we're a dog dogs. podcast. Okay, all right. Because I was gonna have some. Uh, I was gonna have some thoughts about y'all if you said cats. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who in their right mind says cats. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah. All right, man. Well, All we, right, we really appreciate you coming on. This was awesome. Hey, this was a lot of fun. We got to do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, will, we will have you on again for sure. Thanks again. You're the man, and we'll talk to you soon. No doubt. Appreciate uh, you. That interview was awesome. Yeah, he Joshua Perry is literally incredible. He, I, he's yeah, a man. Yeah, he was so nice. He gave us more time than we asked for. I mean, not that. I mean, that's he's the man. I, it's safe to say that we are all three of us are best friends, and we're probably gonna have a nice dinner on his dime, which we cannot complain about. Gibson Steakhouse uh, so, or McDonald's. <laughs> I don't care. They're just just to sit down with that dude. It'd be so so we promised you we were gonna talk a little college basketball, and we also want to ask you this. If there's someone that you think would be a good guest on the show, let us know that has to do with college basketball, and we will happily reach out to them and try to bring them. Because between me and, obviously, Andrew, we are well-connected in the college basketball world. Anyone you say, besides, like, Coach K, we can get. Anyone you say, besides Coach no, K. No, no, stop. <laughs> oh, my God. You're singing so much this episode. I'm just happy, man. Yeah, yeah we're just Joshua happy. Perry's putting me in such a good mood. Yeah, I know. He's the man. Joshua, yeah. don't call me Josh Perry. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, great interview, but let's move on to some stuff not to do with college football. Yeah, college, college basketball. basketball. Question for you. Sure. Which freshman at Ohio State are you most excited to see play? Um, That's a great question. I think the easy answer is DJ Carton, and that's probably going to be my answer. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to host all the freshmen except for Ibrahima because um, I was gone by the time he committed. Um <laughs> But that dude, that dude's awesome in a, in a completely different way. But anyway, DJ Carton, dude's a stud. Um, the most freakish, fast twitch muscle guy I've ever seen. Um, he's going to be awesome. The faster he gets acclimated to college basketball, the better for us, obviously. Super excited about him. But, I mean, I could talk about all the guys. Uh, Alonzo Gaffney, the dude is like, his body type is literally Kevin Durant's. He's got long arms. He's skinny, but he's wiry, strong. He jumps out of the gym. He can play a bunch of different positions. And then EJ Liddell, who I was so impressed because I got to see them work out um, the other day. I was so impressed with his shooting ability. He can he can make some open shots. And if he can, I mean, maybe he's an undersized five a little bit when Caleb is in foul trouble or something. But Dude, Caleb looks good. Yeah, Ca- Caleb's he looks skinny. Yeah, Caleb's a different level. When I went to practice, he wasn't um, there because he was at some Ohio um, college basketball like media day type thing. 
Um, but he was on the cover of like college basketball, the magazine. Yeah, something crazy. So he wasn't there, so I didn't get to see him in action. But I've seen enough of Caleb to know that he's going to have just an outstanding year. Yeah, he he is going to be up for national player of the year. I think national player of the year. I think he's going to be up for national player of the year because I think he's just going to be so dominant. And I think Ohio State, you know, some preseason polls have them very high. Some preseason polls don't even have them ranked. I think he is going to be the best player on a team that by the middle of the beginning of the season is going to be getting a lot of national attention. I I hear you, and I'm a little more of a realist, I guess, um, because he can't even win the Big Ten Player of the Year because Cassius Winston. So, yes, Caleb's going to have an unbelievable year. He knows how much I love the guy. If he he'll be the best center in America. That's that's but, what I'll say. But you got to think about this: if if Ohio State messes around and wins the Big Ten, okay? Oh well, no doubt. The best player on the team. Yeah, 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 for right. sure. But Michigan State's obviously unbelievable. Izzo is going to have them ready to go. Cash Winston, as you said, he is he's probably a top five candidate for national player. He is the best player in the right. Big Ten, and he's the best player in the country. I right. think. I think he was the best player in the country last year. So I think I mean, the talent. I think last year's draft class was really good. And I think this year we're going to see some really good college basketball with not as many pro prospects. But that's why you love college basketball because you don't watch it to be watching the next NBA superstar. You watch it because it's just an awesome brand of basketball. Yeah. I, are you ready to kind of sit back and watch some college basketball? No, not at all. Are you kidding me? I just want to be out there with my guys. But that's okay. I will be going to my fair share of Ohio State games, obviously. But yeah, it'll be fun. We'll to be both be there for a couple of yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got some fun stuff planned. Yeah. I just. Yeah, it's, it'll be fun to, to watch college basketball from a different perspective and be able to catch way more games and flip between games and stuff like that. You know, that'll be and fun. on some games. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all know what you just said. Yeah, of course. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for Ohio State this year, man. I mean, it's going to be so, so much fun. I have so many friends that are still in college basketball from Ohio State and from – Beyond, I mean, it's just going to be really fun to watch those guys and see their success and, and be able to be a fan this year. I think it's going to be a great year for college basketball. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. I think we could be going into March Madness with Ohio State as a top four seed in March Madness with a college football national championship already on the belt. That would be season. insane. Wouldn't that be cool? I, all right, let me ask you this. Right now, who are you picking to win the national championship for football and for basketball? For football, I'm going to have to go with – I mean, I just want to say Ohio State because that's the easy answer, and that's who I've watched the most closely. Mm -hmm. But I really think whoever comes out of the SEC is going to win it. If it's it's LSU, I think they got the keys to do it. If it's Bama or Georgia, whichever one comes out of the SEC means that they beat the other guys. But what if there's two of them? If there's two, then one of the SEC teams. (laughs) But I also think Oklahoma's really good. Jalen Hurts is unbelievable. And if they play Alabama, he's not losing. No chance. No. Yeah. So my easy answer is is Oklahoma or or Alabama. Oklahoma or Alabama. And then for basketball, who? How crazy would fucking Oklahoma a playoff? Oklahoma versus Alabama. It's gonna happen. Hurts versus Fields versus Georgia. It's gonna be Alabama one seed, Clemson two seed, Ohio State three seed, Oklahoma four seed. But then we don't get the Georgia Fields rematch. I think that would be so sick. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Hurts Alabama would be awesome, and Clemson Ohio State is they murdered us. We've never beat them. That's another storyline. So. 
That'd be very fun. And then when Alabama plays Ohio State in the national championship, then it's like Ohio State's been known to be the only team that can beat Bama. I want to give a shout-out to a player that I think could average a lot of points this year in college basketball. My friend Ronnie Suggs over at SIU could be one of the leading scorers in the country. Grad transfer from the University of Missouri. He's going to have a Shout-out to Ronnie Suggs. Ronnie Suggs, one of my good friends. He's going to have a big, big year. Let me tell you that. I bet you he averages less than 20 points. I don't know the guy. Well, that's a, that, well, 20 points is a lot. You said he's going to be one of the leading scorers. In Sometimes there's not. Obviously, he's not going to like score Kai Felder and average 58. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm telling you. All sorry, right. I, who, do you, who do you pick to win the national championship in basketball? I want to say Michigan State because we were just talking about it. And I'm not going to say Kansas because they're not even going to be allowed to play for it. But... <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm still kind of in college football mood or yeah. mode. I can't really yeah. give you a definitive answer yeah, I guess, without watching yeah. a little bit of the no, for sure. practice and but stuff. But it's fun like that. sometimes to make predictions. Well, I, what do you say? Um, I guess yeah. I'm a little more in tune with college basketball. Obviously, I can't. I, I would love Ohio State to win the national championship. I just stuck. It has to just work out in the right way. And in this day and age, it's really hard to win if you're not a one or two seed. Um, so if we get to be a one or two seed, we have a chance, no doubt. And then it, then it depends on the path to the championship because obviously that matters a lot. Um, I think Memphis is going to be really good. They're no, really young. No, they're, they're really not, young, no, but I no, think they're going to be good. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're wrong. Incorrect. I think that the best team in the country, without a doubt, Michigan State, I think that they're going to win the championship just because they've been so close and the Big Ten has been so close to winning it. Cash Wilson's the best player in the country. I have a lot of really good friends on that team, and I got to go to the Final Four. Shout out Connor George for giving me a ticket last year um, and see them up close and personal. They, You have to be there and lose to be there and win, and they were there and lost, so they're going to win this year. I think I think uh, Ohio State has added more than they've lost. What are you trying to say? More, no offense, more than 95% of the teams in the country. I think Memphis has added more than they lost, but I think Ohio State with Carton and Liddell and only losing Woods and Jackson – <laughs> and me and you the leadership I mean you look at a starting lineup potentially of Dwayne Washington Luther Muhammad Andre Wesson Caleb Wesson and then you got okay so I gotta stop you you're just it's obviously I'm inside the program still you're just that's not gonna be the starting lineup well a DJ Carter's here's what the starting start. lineup DJ will be gonna start. opening day here's the Let's lineup I know for a fact it'll be CJ Walker Luther Muhammad Andre Wesson Kyle Young, Caleb Wesson. Ooh, Kyle Young getting in the starting. I mean, he started the beginning of the year last year, too. I, let me say this. How do you think uh, your buddy's going to do this year? Justin. <laughs> My buddy. Your buddy, Justin. Justin. Justin the dude is a marksman. Forgot his name for a second. <laughs> Justin Ahrens. Um, Justin, is he's awesome. He has the best mentality because he's so team first. He came into Ohio State as like a two-guard shooter type of deal, and he was playing the stretch four last year. He's willing to do whatever the team needs, and Holtman has had a bunch of conversations with him. I think he is going to be awesome because he brings a dynamic that not a lot of teams have. He's just a knockdown shooter, and he can he's getting better on defense. Um, Holtman mentioned today in his press conference that he's going to start the year um, hurt. Um, so once he gets everything right, I think that um, he'll be able to play 3-4 and be able to guard those positions and give us a look that not a lot of teams can have with a true stretch four that is just a knockdown shooter. But if we're talking about guys on the team that are going to have breakout years, I'll give you two names. Um, one, C.J. Walker. 
Uh, transferred from Florida State who sat out last year. He was on the scout team with me last year. The dude is just a flat-out winner. He wins. He leads. He wins every drill in practice. Um, when we are on the scout team, obviously we're undermanned because it's me, Danny Hummer, and C.J. Walker versus these other guys. I mean, we were so undermanned. Um, but we were winning because of C.J. Walker. The dude is just a winner. Um, and yeah, that's obviously something that I wouldn't get to know yeah, from the outside. Exactly. Game. So and he's, he's going to be like – Andre Wesson will be the quote-unquote leader of the team, but C.J. Walker will be the vocal leader of this team as a point guard. He's just a bulldog alpha male. Dude is awesome. Can't say enough good things about him. And then Kyle Young, who a lot of people don't know, he just wasn't healthy last year. Even when he wasn't healthy, he was still making a huge impact because no one plays harder than him. He's super athletic. He can play four or five. And he you know, is working a ton on his offensive game, whether that means um, post-up opportunities, more touches to take the load off of Caleb a little bit or knocking down some open jump shots. I think he'll be able to do that this year. I think he takes a huge step forward now that he's healthy. But between C.J. Jackson and Kyle Young, look for look for them to be two um, super excited Do you potentially see G- D.J. Carton being in the starting lineup mix or Liddell by the end of the season? Yeah, sure. I think that the starting lineup is fluid, and Holtman is definitely one of the coaches that is um, willing to, if stuff's not working, he's willing to change it up and – He's not stubborn about that. And then, He's a great freaking and then coach. He, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him, obviously. Future guest of the podcast. But he, he, you saw it last year. I mean, like, our starting lineup that won us games in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament wasn't our starting lineup until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, with Musa and Keyshawn and CJ all being that in the backcourt together. That was that didn't happen until the end of the year. So I think it, the starting lineup as a whole, almost anywhere in the country, is super fluid. I think that... What are the chances that you go from a point guard named CJ... To another point guard named CJ. With another and the point backup guard. being DJ. Yeah, no, I. it's funny <laughs> because this year we have CJ, CJ Walker. We have DJ, DJ Carton. We have EJ, EJ Liddell. We have Zoe, Alonzo Gaffney, another two-letter name. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Andre Wesson is also a junior. So his real name is Keith Andre Wesson, which is his dad. So he's a Keith Jr. So he's really KJ. So we got... We got EJ, we got CJ, we got DJ, we got KJ. Shout, out to, so. shout out to Andre Wesson because I'm going to start calling him KJ because that is so funny. Um, but I think I'm even missing a guy because there's another like really short name. But yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, it, oh yeah, Justin started calling himself JA. So, but he's not JA. No. He's um, Justin Arms. Oh, and Luther, we call him Lou. That's L-U. I mean, I mean now just, you're just naming the list nicknames. Goes, <laughs> I mean, Danny Homer is D-H. I mean, come on. <laughs> Here's an Hookman. Two H's, he's... He's age squared. I mean, it's just unbelievable. We gotta save some of your college basketball, Ohio State specific insight because it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's just the. We don't want to spoil it. It's just a teaser. Yeah, just a little. Yeah. So yeah, we can get into that another episode. But let's. I mean, if you guys want to hear from some Ohio State basketball legends, some more of them, or other college basketball, or pro basketball, or anyone in the world of basketball, let us know because we'll try and make it happen for you guys because we want to make you guys happy. We do, and we also want to give you fifteen percent off. At highstreettees.com slash DTL. So use our code. Use our code, promo code DTL15. Thanks again to Joshua Perry for coming on. The dude was awesome. Um, We'll definitely have him on closer to the end of the season, probably when it starts getting into the nitty-gritty of Big Ten SEC champions and what the final four for the college playoff looks like. So definitely will be a recurring guest. Absolutely. Um, So expect more Joshua Perry. Lots of fun today talking to him. We'll see you guys soon. We may have potentially some live stuff coming your way in a couple weeks. No promises or anything, but we want to kind of either interact with you guys, maybe do a Facebook live thing, Instagram live thing. We're, we're going to try to expand. Maybe 
add a little video digital element to the Drive the Lane podcast. Yeah, we're just trying to get current and hip. You know, so that's what that's what we do here over at Drive. And we've had a lot of talk from our social media intern telling us, Joey, Andrew, you guys got to get live and Or, Joey, Andrew, we don't know if it's, it, was, it could be boy or girl. <laughs> Lots of, he, he, he or she is saying, you guys got to get hip. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring in a video component. So hopefully, maybe it's a live show. Maybe it's a Facebook live. Maybe it's an Instagram like like Andrew was saying. But expect some cool stuff from us coming, coming soon. And if you buy some gear, show proof. And you might be able to win something else. Buy some gear. Show us the proof. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Buckle up. Drive the lane. We'll see you guys soon.